from the Jethro Studios, where tomorrow you can have the Sound Off Sandwich at lunch for just $10 at any Jethro's location. This is 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. You ready to hear this song in between the third and fourth quarter down to the swamp with the Utes in town? Oh, these, that's that's right, what Tom they play? Yeah, yeah, Tom Patey is a Gainesville This is native. one of the opening weekend games I'm most looking forward to. I'm right there with you. you know my opinion on the Utes mm-hmm. this year. I've got him in the college football playoff. We differ just a little bit. Yeah, we do. You're complete opposite. I got him 8-4. and four. You got him in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see. Well, let's get to John Walters. Maybe he probably doesn't want to talk about Utah. Let's <laughs> talk about Iowa State, and that's why we have him on. Uh, John, uh, ready or not, here comes college sports. I know you're ready, John Walters. How was your summer, first of all? Spend a lot of time with the grandkids? Did yeah, it was it was an awesome summer. Really, a, a great summer. But uh, as as I was saying to Trent a minute ago, it is over. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> it's time to think college football, and uh, that's. That's an awesome thing too. So, the, the the silver lining and summer ending is football is beginning, and uh, I'm I'm excited. Well, with that, you guys do so many different things with Cyclones TV, but it's evolved and it's changed. Kind of fill us in. What's the latest? What you guys have? You know, with that, the streaming component, ESPN Plus now a big part. And when we're talking about outside of football and men's basketball, some of the other sports there. Kind of everything that you guys are doing up there at Iowa State. Yeah, we have a, you know, we really kind of almost split into into two different units within the same office because we have the people that uh, produce and direct and and put together the ESPN Plus broadcast, which is, you know, quite an undertaking, and they do a fantastic job with it. And then we've got other people that are kind of our creative content team, which I'm more, I'm a little bit of a part of both, but I'm more involved with that. But it's, you know, putting out things like uh, the, the video you saw with uh, Orion Vance this week and, um, you know, just illustrating and trying to highlight the positive things that are going on with all our sports. And there are a lot of positives. And so, um, yeah, we, have, we employ students. We have, about, uh, we have about seven or eight students that join that creative content team uh, or have been with us from the year prior. And they do a great, great job. And uh, it, it takes a lot of people that we have unbelievable people in our department we we took a big loss when danny oris moved on because she was fantastic but um caitlin hire zach schreiber names you guys may not have heard of but trust me they are at the top of their field and what they do and so they, they do some really great creative videos and you know uh, that's a game changer in college athletics i, I feel like uh videos really have been something that the coaches felt hey we can level the playing field or we can we can show a kid what our university is all about without having before they come visit, you know, and then hopefully they do come visit. And hopefully some of those videos help to streamline and get that process moving in the right direction. John, uh, this team, uh, uh, this uh, edition of uh, Matt Campbell's squad is, is going to be, it's, it's a lot the same, but it's going to be a lot different. A lot. I mean, anytime you change a quarterback and graduate a quarterback, uh, and, and it's, yes, he's played a little bit, but it, but it's now it's Hunter Decker's job. Obviously, the tight ends. Brees Hall, I think, is on the verge of uh, really becoming a household name uh, in the NFL. 
I, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing how this group comes together, John. We kind of knew what last year's team was going to be like, right? Uh, this year is entirely different. A lot of jobs are are, are up for uh, competition-wise. Uh, this is kind of this is kind of a it's a different look at this time of year, but uh, I'm uh, it's got my attention. Yeah, and I think it's really turned into a positive, and that's nothing against you know the guys that left because it was awesome to have. Charlie Kohler come back and Chase Allen come back and Brock Purdy back and Brees Hall. And, you know, it, it's phenomenal to have all those guys. Um, but at the same time, there's a, now like kind of a different vibe, just an energy because there is so much competition for positions. And maybe that wasn't the case a year ago. And so now you really have a camp that's been full of a very positive, high energy vibe that I think has been really good. And I think it's re-energized the coaches to know that, hey, Nobody's thinking about Iowa State anymore. Let's show them what we're, we're doing here and what we've been doing for the last seven years and how the recruiting classes have been kind of stacked upon one another to create some pretty good depth that maybe some of these people are, are, are guys that um, people haven't heard much about and don't know much about, but they're going to know about them. A, a kid like Bo Freeler, you know, uh, um, is a great example. And so I'm excited about it. I think that there's some young players in this program that are really good that have been just kind of waiting their chance. If they were here in 2016 when Matt Campbell took over, they would have been starters right then, you know, with the talent that they have. But the way it was now, they had to kind of wait their turn. I believe I read somewhere that it's been since 2011 uh, since Iowa State has had a quarterback start its opener that had no starting experience. So this is Mm -hmm. a new new deal for Hunter Deckers, you know, and – He's, I think, up to it and excited about it. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's, he was listed at 235 last year. He's listed at 206 now. Um, lean, mean, good-looking athlete, man. They can really move around. And I think he can take off and make some people miss. I, I, one thing that kind of strikes me about this football team, Ken, is that I think there's more guys on this team than any other Iowa State team that I can remember that can do something after a catch to make somebody miss uh, there's always been a, a handful of guys like that, but there's seven, eight, nine guys on this roster that can really do something in the open field. And so I think this is a team that can turn some smaller plays into bigger plays just with the, the, you know, the footwork and the ability of some of these guys that are on the receiving end of some of Hunter Decker's catches. Well, there's a lot of big names to replace it, and one of the biggest is Mike Rose, just a football player hmm. to the nth degree. And the guy that'll do it, it looks like, is going to be Colby Reeder, who comes in, a former Delaware Blue Hen, and now uh, making his final season with the Cyclones. What can you tell us about Reeder and, and just filled in that slot that was occupied so well, obviously, with Mike Rose? Well, if you just kind of squint and look out at the field, you'll swear it's still Mike Rose, <laughs> because they're they're practically identical size and build and uh, that's a great starting point, and they move around really well, and that's another great thing. So uh, I, I think Colby Reeder can come in and have a great season. You know, he uh, does have experience. It just wasn't experience at Iowa State, but when you put him with Orion Vance and a now very experienced Gary Vaughn, that's a good, experienced group of linebackers. And I, I think Reeder out in space can really do some things and uh, is going to be an exciting player for Iowa State. That was a big get. They don't go to the transfer portal that often to bring in guys, but when they do, they usually have some pretty decent success, and that was one that really made sense as you try to replace Mike Rose. The, the depth behind those three, that's going to be a big question, you know, because there's some young guys that they feel really good about, but those three have so much experience, and then there's a big drop-off in experience when you go down to the twos. So, Getting some experience for those younger guys in these early games is going to be critical because Tyson Bite 
really does like to play two linebackers at each position, not not just one the whole game. He likes to rotate them in and out. So we're going to hear some names that, that, again, names that fans haven't heard a lot about, but some young guys that can really play and just have to get that experience. Uh, John, the conference overall, as, as uh, we've talked uh, throughout the month of August, is it, by far and away the most. There's m- more parity in the Big Twelve Conference uh, than any of the other Power Fives. Uh, Stuart Mandel, he's picking K State to win this thing, and he's not crazy. You can make a case. Literally, you can make a case for half of the conference, John, uh, which probably means there's not going to be a playoff team in it, unless we're totally wrong and one team just completely separates themselves from anybody. But I love this, John. There's no clear-cut, well, it's Alabama. Oh, it's Ohio State. You know what I mean? We don't know, and I think that's good for the Big 12. Oh, I agree. I I think, you know, you could ask five different people who they think are going to win the league, five different college football experts, and they might give you five different answers. And that's that's unique uh, and I think exciting. And uh, you know, the the race is going to be fascinating. I, I think Baylor, with what they have coming back up front on both sides of the ball, was a good choice to win the league, but not a slam dunk by any stretch. And, uh, you know, obviously Oklahoma, you just never discount them. And we'll, it, there's a lot of question marks with the new staff, but the talent is there. But I really like Oklahoma State, too. And a lot of people like Kansas State, and I get it. I totally get it. There's some great skill players returning there and some good players on both sides of the football. So, there's a lot of teams that you can make a case for, and I think Iowa State, maybe people are kind of writing them off a little bit, which is understandable given all those guys that, that I mentioned earlier that have left the program. But um, in a wide-open race, I, I would never bet against Matt Campbell. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, This is one of those years, every other year, Iowa State plays five home games within their nine conference games, and this is one of those years where they get five games at home. They've been really good at home against Big 12 competition. Can they protect their home field, go steal one or two on the road? If they can, they can make some noise in this race. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of programs that are feeling a lot of optimism right now, and, and it's, it's really going to be a, a, maybe not the best conference in college football, certainly the most exciting conference in college football with the way the race is going to shape up. Talk with John Walters right now, the voice of Iowa State as we get ready for the season. You know, it feels like we have a pretty solid feel, even without a depth chart. We have a pretty solid feel of everything except for the specialists. What can you tell us? Kicker, punter, feels uh, pretty wide open, and it's obviously going to be a new name after what we saw from Mavis a year ago. Yeah, and it was unique last year because Mavis did pretty much everything, and that was rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Campbell usually likes to split it up and have one guy doing kickoffs and another guy doing field goals. He might even use two kickers, a uh, place kickers, uh, for field goals and extra points at times. And then he always, you know, almost, almost always has a separate punter. But last year, Mavis was just so good at everything that he took it all over. Um, so I'll be curious to see if it kind of goes back to the way it was. Uh, there's guys competing for those jobs. Uh, the young guy from Oklahoma, Jace Gilbert, is capable of kicking. Uh, he's capable of kicking off. He's capable of being a punter. So he's kind of in that same mode as a Mevis. Uh, and then Tyler Perkins was brought in as a punter. So those two guys are true freshmen that are on scholarship that I think will be in the mix to see who handles what. Um, but then there's some other guys that have walked onto the program that are that are fighting for those spots. And, you know, Drake Nettles is a guy that's been here for a while and has had some opportunities. So, It'll be fascinating. Yeah, I don't know if it's just going to be one guy that goes out and does everything on September 3rd or if it's going to be a mix of a bunch of different guys, but that'll be one that we'll definitely want to keep an eye on. And then the return game, you know, Jalen Knoll, I think is one of the better punt returners in the Big 12. And then 
You've got him as an option for kickoff return. You've got Eli Sanders. You guys, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, between Karan Adams and Deion Silas, Eli Sanders, and, you know, uh, certainly uh, looking at some of the other receivers, Daniel Jackson. There's a bunch of guys that have open field ability on this team. And so um, there'll be some options back there for punt returner and kick returner. But I would think Noel will be the punt returner and then, Maybe one of those other guys has the kick return. What does Will McDonald do for an encore? Yeah, I think Will is capable of having a big year. I, I think the big question on the defensive line is how do you replace any Wazirike yeah. because any was so good. And it was, as Ryan Hartwell mentioned the other day on our podcast, it's like having two nose guards when you had him on the edge, kind of setting that edge. And uh, can J.R. Singleton or Isaiah Lee or some of these other guys – be able to fill that role and set that edge for this defense to allow Will McDonald to do his thing. Uh, I think it'll be fascinating to watch. I like the the guys they have on the defensive line. I think Isaiah Lee is going to have a really good year. J.R. Singleton's a guy to keep an eye on. Is a, maybe a guy who can set that edge. And then you've got guys like Blake Peterson. But you know, Will is uh, is, is such a talented player. Now he has experience and. Uh, the one thing that he had to really get used to a year ago, and it's going to continue this year, yep. <laughs> is having the complete attention of the defense. Yep. He's a guy you have to game plan around or for, and so they're going to chip him. They're going to they're going to have tight ends lined up opposite on him. They're, he's going to have to get past a couple of guys on each play to get those sack numbers up where he does. But you know, if Iowa State can have some success against the run on first and second down. I think they can turn Will loose, and he can have another great, great year. Uh, any um, any reports on on Howard Brown? Of course, there was so much buzz around the former quarterback uh, uh, turned uh, now, I guess, nose tackle, right? Certainly, defensive tackles, bending on four three three four. And have you heard anything about Howard Brown, John? Yeah, he's he's been out there working hard, and between him and Dominic Orange, who's about a three hundred fifty pound uh, defensive tackle, who they brought in. Um, they've got a couple options there. They're young guys, again, inexperienced. But, you know, defensive line, you're going to rotate guys in there. There's no question about it. Tyler Onyetum is another young guy who is going to be really good, can play inside or out. I think all those guys are going to get the opportunity to play. Uh, one thing with Howard Brown to keep an eye on is just do they stick him in there as a fullback? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you got a 300-pound guy who was a high school quarterback. You can open up your bag of tricks a little bit if uh, down around the goal line or on two-point conversions if you want to stick Howard out there and, and try something with a little flair for the dramatic. But uh, we'll see how daring they get in that regard. But I think all those guys are going to see the field. And there's no position in football that's more important to have quality depth than defensive tackle, nose guard. You have to have it. You have you can't play a guy out there like Nick Leaders played at Texas Tech against Patrick Mahomes. I think he played 112 snaps. Jeez. God bless him, but it was ridiculous, you know. And that that can't ever happen again. Wow. So you know you have to have guys playing 30, 40 snaps max in there. And so all those guys that we just mentioned are going to play a really important role for Iowa State on that defensive line. All right, we know in the state of Iowa, unfortunately, we can't bet on in-state props with our in-state guys. But I'm going to throw some numbers at you, John. We're going to have some fun here. I want to start with this. Who leads the team in rushing yards this year? Well, I'm going to say Jirel Brock because I think he'll get the most opportunities. And I think he's a really good football player. Um, I like all four of those running backs. So I think all four are going to play every game. I think you're going to see Cartavius Norton in the opener. I think you're going to see Deion Silas, 
who's can make you miss in a phone booth. You're going to see Eli Sanders, who has the most speed and can one cut and really break open a big play. But I think Jirel will probably get the majority of the carries at least early in the season unless somebody really comes on. So I'd probably go with him, but, man, that's a four-horse race. And I, I think if the offensive line can provide some holes, the run game might not take a huge step backwards. Obviously, you're not going to have a Brees Hall. Um, but as a unit, can the, this team be as successful running the football? I'm hoping they can. We know that Xavier Hutchinson is going to lead this team in catches. I think we anticipate Jalen Knoll. We'll finish second. Mm, who Dimitri has Stanley? Who, maybe uh, could be Stanley. I'm going to say those two. Who finishes third in catches for Iowa State? I'll go off the radar a little bit, and I'll say Jared Rust. How's oh, that? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got you've got a tight end yep. that does not have a lot of experience. Jared's the first team All Big Twelve guy. Now his role would obviously have to change a lot for him to get a lot of catches. But I think. They, you know, I mentioned earlier the ability of guys that can make you miss after the catch. I'm not sure I throw Jared into that mix, but he's a very dependable receiver coming out of the backfield when they line him up as an H back. And I think they'll throw the ball to Jirel Brock and Deion Sanders and uh, uh, Silas and Eli Sanders and, and get those guys a little space to operate in. So um, I, I expect more throws to the backfield this year. And I, I would think Jared Russ is the guy that. Uh, especially down around the goal line in the red zone, mm-hmm. um, you can really put to good use there. So, I mean, there's obviously some other candidates with Sean Sean, Dimitri Stanley. There's a bunch of guys. One thing I love about Stanley is you can you can play him in the slot behind Jalen Noll, or you can play him out wide at that receiver spot, and he can really blow the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. So, excited to see what he can do. But I'd, I, if I had to guess right now, I'd say Jared Russ. Final one, we go to the defensive side of the football. Will McDonald will lead the team in sacks. Who's second on the team in sacks? Hmm. I will. I will go with. I will go with uh, Bo Freeler coming up on blitzes. Yeah, Bo Freeler coming on blitzes. So would be my would be my guess. Now, certainly you can make a case for Blake Peterson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Isaiah Lee can really get back there and create some havoc. But uh, let's let's go with the dark horse. Let's go with Bo. Get some good good prop numbers on that one, too, if that was legal. <laughs> at, the, at the Condon Casino. Exactly. It's like, hey, I heard Ken saying the other day, it's no fun to pick the Dodgers or whatever. Right, you know, right. That, that's, exactly. You right. Know, gotta, if you just picked all the favorites, what fun would that be? Right. Indeed. Hey, John, last thing. Uh, T.J. Otzelberger, man, they had another productive offseason. This team uh, exceeded everybody's expectations last year, getting to the second weekend of the tournament. Boy, oh, boy, he can recruit. He can coach, too, but we, we knew that the recruiting thing – but boy, oh boy, he hasn't missed a beat. He's amazing, and he's got a great vision for this program that I think has been in place for many years. It's not something that he just took the job and then said, how am I going to do this? He'd been thinking about that for many years, hoping that one day his day would come where he would be the Iowa State head coach, and I don't think there's any accident to the way he's gone about things. And um, so he, he's a great relationships guy and continues to be relentless in recruiting efforts and bringing in really good players into the program. And I like the transfers that they brought into the program. I think these guys are going to be good players that, again, can help Iowa State kind of come from off the radar again because I've been reading a lot about what people think of the Big 12, and they think the league's great, but you don't hear a lot about Iowa State. But, you know, can they come off the radar again and create some havoc? I think they can. And... I think a couple guys that are going to be really excited to watch are going to be Jaron Holmes from St. Bonaventure 
and Oshun Oshunahi yep. from uh, St. Bonaventure. I, I think those two kids uh, will step right into big roles for this team, and you know they're going to they're going to play a little different. I, I think the the formula remains the same. They got to be really sound on the defensive end of the floor. Who's going to step up and make shots with the shot clock winding down in Isaiah Brockington's role? That's going to be the big question. Uh, but I, I like the makeup of this team, and so uh, it's going to be another really exciting season for Iowa State basketball. No doubt. We're not wishing football away, certainly not that, but Hilton going to be rocking both men's and women's programs, uh, poised to have big years. Uh, John Walters, thank you, John. Look forward to doing uh, this uh, periodically throughout, well, throughout the next, what, eight months or whatever it is, <laughs> six months. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you, John. Yep, anytime. Thanks, yep, guys. Good to talk to you. John Walters, uh, the voice of Iowa State. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. He's coming up next. He has picked K-State to win the Big 12. Lots You're not buying back. it. You know what? I <laughs> Somebody has to. Right? It's, there's so much parody. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I could, I could see that. Now, he's got Texas winning two games. That's wild. That's the one that, mm, I hope he's right. <laughs> Right. I hope he's right. I just don't. We'll see. He's going to join us next. I look forward to that conversation. Uh, it's not only the Big 12. He's put his uh, picks out there for the SEC. The Big Ten's out there. I believe the Pac-12. Um, well, we'll talk to Stuart when we come back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. For details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors that. That's coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes. Right now, Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. We usually get him about this time every season. We're grateful that he's back with us. Uh, Stuart, Trent Condon, and my name's Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Uh, Stu, I want to get into... Uh, I-, I love your picks in the Big 12 just because... Um, it's, it, there's so much period in the conference, and who's to say K-State won't and ultimately end up on top there? Just real quick, Stu, uh, Big 12, Pac-12, the fan base is going back and forth, the media going back and forth. We love it because it kills segments during the month of June and July uh, as we get closer to college football. We, we don't know who has the edge, if anybody does. Uh, just your take. How's how's this going to shake out? I mean, when I see Oregon apparently uh, meeting um, with with some of the Big Twelve or Big Ten rather uh, suits in Chicago, obviously, who wouldn't want to get to the Big Ten, right? How's it going to play out? Do you have any idea? Gosh, um, do I do I have a, a crystal ball? No, I I the 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 the, the Pac twelve Big Twelve thing. I mean. That only comes into play if, like you said, the Big Ten takes more Pac-12 teams. They're not going to – they have no reason to go to the Big 12 just voluntarily. Um, but it is a real possibility. I mean, I, I, if you – to me, it's been quite jarring that Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, keeps – he doesn't shy away from it, right? Nope. He keeps saying things to the effect of, yeah, I could see us at 20 teams, and we're going to revolutionize college sports and all those things. So um, I think that – that will resolve itself probably in the next couple months. The Pac-12 is doing their negotiations with ESPN right now. At some point, they'll have a deal on the table, and they'll need Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal to sign it. And they're probably going to check back in with the Big Ten before they do. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think there's there's many factions within the Big Ten. 
Uh, I know some presidents love the idea of being in a conference with Cal and Stanford for academic reasons. I also know that that Fox, for one, has basically told them, "You're not making it. We're not paying you any more money uh, for any of those schools." So they have a tough decision to make. It's going to be an interesting time as the continued evolution of college football. One more before we get on what we anticipate we're going to see on the field in 2022, and that's the future of the college football playoff. 12-team proposal last year felt like it was going to be stamped with approval, and then, of course, the alliance came into fruition, and that quickly fell apart. 12, 14, 16, how do you think that eventually plays out? We know it's going to go to bid, and it's not going to just be ESPN's going to get all these games. They want to make as much money as possible. How do you see the structure of college football in the future? I think it gets back to 12, and the final the final outcome will not be that much different than the proposal. Now we'll have to see. I mean, if, if there's, if the PAC 12 gets wiped off the map, mm-hmm. I don't see them having any sort of automatic bid into the um, college football playoff. And even now, I don't think, I mean, I think the sec made some con- concessions in that proposal that they are not going to make this time. I don't think there's going to be six, you know, the top six conference champions uh, get a bid. Maybe it'll be four. Um, you know, the idea of uh, conference champions get the first buys, maybe it becomes the top four teams. But 12 seemed to be the number that, that had the, that got everybody on board. I don't even think, actually, I know that that wasn't the sticking point, right? The conferences, the three conferences that held it up, and they happened to be the Alliance conferences, but it was for different <laughs> reasons, never said, hey, 12, like, whoa, 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 that's not the right number. It was about other, you know, other side issues, if you will. So I think that's where they'll get back to. And then it's just a matter of maybe some of the details, you know, how much that will change. Uh, Let's get into some of, uh, and you've uh, done every conference, I believe, but the Pac-12 still to come as far as your predictions uh, at The Athletic. Uh, There's the most parity from where we sit is the Big 12. I think you can legitimately make a case for four, maybe even five teams. I settled on Baylor. You settled on K-State. I'm a big Adrian Martinez fan. I thought he got a raw deal in Lincoln. Uh, The spotlight clearly shines as bright on the quarterback in Nebraska as maybe anybody. Um, He played hurt. He's a tough SOB. I think he's going to have a better chance and maybe a more friendly system. So I could see your reasoning behind this, but why did you pick settle on K-State? Well, first you have to, I mean, the whole thing starts with, do you believe Oklahoma is going to still be Oklahoma this year? I clearly don't think so. I think that this is just a massive amount of change for that program to undergo in one year between losing Lincoln Riley, coming in with a first-time head coach, and then they just happen to have all sorts of attrition, most notably losing Caleb Williams. So if you start with that as the basis point, hey, I don't see this team winning the Big 12 championship, and then you start looking at some of the other teams, Baylor is a perfectly reasonable pick. They won it last year. Um, big believer in Dave Aranda. What gives me pause on both them and Oklahoma State is their defenses were led by a bunch of really good fifth-year seniors who peaked, you know, and, and helped make a special season. they got to replace those guys. If they do, then maybe they win the Big 12 still. Kansas State reminds me of those teams in that they've got the veteran quarterback, like you said. Deuce Vaughn is one of the best playmakers in the country. And, again, a defense that is loaded with veterans like that. Texas. You have finishing behind Kansas. Two and seven for the Longhorns. And 
it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that obviously Texas, Texas struggles again. But what do they do if it's that bad, or even Oof. if it's six and six bad for them? Let's say five and seven. They go five and seven. Let's split the difference there. They don't make a bowl game yet. Here comes a Manning to town. Sark keeps his job for year three, right? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I feel like this is a free freebie year for him. Mm. Now, obviously, people would be really upset if they went four and eight, yeah. or even five and seven. Um, but Arch is coming, and not just Arch. I mean, it's a it's a just absolutely loaded recruiting class. Yep. Uh, that if you were to fire the coach in, let's say, November 30th, you're going to lose a whole bunch of those guys. I mean, Arch Manning is not is coming, not coming to Texas because he loves their colors, right? <laughs> he wants to go play for Stark, who has developed all these great quarterbacks. So he's fine. Um, the the 4-8, I, I get it. That's a pretty extreme pick, I know. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, alarming things about the 2022 Texas team, starting with the fact that there is just so much confidence riding on a guy in Quinn Ewers who hasn't really played yet. Um, their offensive line is going to be starting multiple freshmen. So we're talking freshman offensive lineman, freshman quarterback. I know he's technically a redshirt freshman, but age-wise, he's a true freshman. And the defense was terrible last year. So, oh, and by the way, they play Alabama the second week, <laughs> right. which Alabama has been known to demoralize some of their non-conference opponents. Well, I get it. It's an extreme pick. Uh, when you said Kansas is ahead of them, I kind of realized how ridiculous that sounds. Although, <laughs> I am a big, I am a big Lance Leipold believer, and by the way, Kansas beat Texas last year. Yeah, did. But yeah, I just don't see this being a, a, a great season for the Longhorns. Uh, before we get to the Big Ten, I'd be remiss if we didn't get your opinion on Iowa State. We know it's funny they they obviously you know did not meet expectations. Had a disappointing season last year relative to expectations, but I think this year they're back in kind of their comfort zone right? nobody's uh you know nobody's looking at them in the preseason and uh, and obviously you know it's not easy to replace a four-year quarterback and brock purdy and all of those super seniors they had on defense but i think matt campbell i think they'll be okay you know i had them going seven and five i could see them being a little bit better than that i don't know that they can win the big 12 um but i think they'll have a decent season we go to the big 10 michigan the defending champion returns a quarterback returns his backup returns Quite a bit, but everybody is picking the Buckeyes this year. Can you make a compelling case for the Wolverines, or do you expect another step back, Harbaugh, a guy that you have not exactly loved during his Michigan tenure? Well, I give all credit to Harbaugh for last season, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you, they didn't just beat Ohio State. They physically whooped mm-hmm. them. Um, they won the Big Ten. They went to the college football playoff. I think it would. I would feel differently if he, then, if he didn't then immediately lose the two coordinators who were so – essential to that team, and in particular Mike McDonald, who came in from the Ravens and completely changed that defense and what they do schematically, and now he's back at the Ravens. So um, I think they'll still be very good, uh, but I don't think Michigan is at the point, talent-wise, where they can lose an Aiden Hutchinson and a Tax Hill and just snap their finger and reload the way Ohio State has been doing for a decade or more. So... um, that's that's you know I mean I'm not alone in this and thinking Ohio State can win the national championship this year much less you know go back to winning the Big Ten. Uh, I'm with you for the second straight year. You have uh, Iowa winning the Big Ten West. Uh, their defense we think is maybe even a touch better than it was last year. Obviously the question mark is under center right and including the center yeah. Tyler Linderbaum moves on but Petrus if he can just figure it out because the defense is loaded. 
I, I, I don't think they'll just defense will be just a little better. I think they'll be one of the best defenses in the country. Um, I'd be frankly a little bit scared of them if you're a Big Ten offense. Now the offense was just couldn't have been worse last year, right? So the good news is I don't think they can be worse. Um, I think, you know, obviously you're right. Uh, the, a lot of the blame, understandably so, has gone on the quarterback. But they also couldn't run the ball last year. And I just don't believe that a Kirk Ferentz offensive line is going to be mediocre two years in a row. I, I think you'll see a lot of improvement there. It'll allow them to run the ball better. And then that makes the quarterback's job a little bit easier. So, you know, they're not going to score 40 points a game. Let's, let's, let's be realistic here. But I don't think it'll be quite as bad as last year. Big picture, college football playoff. Everybody has Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State penciled in. Uh, maybe Clemson. Maybe you have Notre Dame. Maybe you're crazy and you got Utah, US, USC, Oregon, or Utah like my partner Ken over there. But is this good for the sport where it feels like three of the four spots already taken and it's August 25th? No, but I, I wouldn't necessarily assume that that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, Georgia, that do, that defense was incredible, yeah. like historically incredible, and eight of those guys got drafted. Yeah. So I don't know that you just snap your finger and, and you're fine. Um, you know, I could definitely see them making it into the playoff, but if they do, I think it'll be as a as a you know team that goes eleven and one, loses in the conference championship game, and it just. There's just not a better candidate out there. But I'm on the Utah bandwagon. a boy. Uh, I think they win in the swamp. I think they, you know, make it through the Pac-12 with only one loss and go to the playoff. My and that's you know, I, I frankly think that they have. I'm not. I think they have top four talent. I do. Uh, the the only hesitation is they've never been in this situation. Like they're always the team nobody nobody gives any respect to, and then oh, lo and behold, they win ten games. Um, they're preseason top 10. They are the hunted, if you will, and we'll see how they handle that. If they're going to make the playoff, they obviously have to beat Florida. And, you know, I think that they're, I, I think they're a better team than Florida. Vegas does not agree with me. So we will see what happens there. I'm glad they don't. Better price for me, uh, as we're in a legal betting state. <laughs> Stuart, I'll get you, we'll get you out of here on this. Is there a team that's kind of flying under the radar? <laughs> like, not like a Kansas thing, like you pick, but you know, legitimately could find a way into the playoff conversation. When we're watching the TV show on ESPN on Tuesday nights in November. Who's that team that's creeping up, but they need some, they need some help if they're going to get in? I mean, it sounds crazy to say because this team has never <laughs> done anything like that in my lifetime, but NC State I'm has with a you. chance to be really, yes. really good. Um, Leary. Devin Leary, yeah, one of the best quarterbacks in the country who got absolutely no attention last year. Um, their defense was very good to begin with and brings back 10 starters plus one of their best players who was injured all of last year. And, you know, look, if Clemson goes back to being Clemson, then forget that, right? Um, if that turns out to be a blip and they're back to dominating the rest of the ACC, then there's your there's your ACC champ. But Clemson had a lot of problems last year, yep. and then that was before losing both coordinators. So I think I don't think they're going to be terrible by any means, but there's a window of opportunity there, uh, just as there was for Pitt last year, for somebody else to win the ACC. And if NC State does it. They'll be in the mix. Uh, thank you for allowing us to pick your college football braid, Stuart Mandel. Love this time of season. Thank you again for doing it. We appreciate it. We'll continue to read you as we do at The Athletic. Thank you, Stuart. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Stuart Mandel. Wise guy, brilliant guy, Trent. I've always said that about him. Mm-hmm.
Utah, yeah. NC State. You know, I picked Clemson. I should have picked NC State. I'm no, with, you should Because I like Leary no, a lot. No, but it's NC State. I know. That was right. My whole lifetime, NC State. Any t- You're right. When you get expectations for that program, uh-huh. they fall flat on their face. Their, their, their over-under was eight and a half. I, that was one I was checking last night. The, the Clemson game, that's, that's what it comes down to. Clemson in a disappointing year won 10 games. I know. In the regular season. Yep. Yep. Tiebreaker didn't no, go No, 10 way. games. Or 9-3 in the nine regular ra- season. Yeah, yeah. The Iowa State, the bowl win, put yep. them to 10. Got them to 10. Right. In a disappointing year. Yep. They're not going to be that bad offensively. If Lose both their coordinators, good point. That is. Venables, I think he's going to be a disaster at Oklahoma. Do you? I think we're talking, as they're joining the SEC, about him being fired. Did he sell you on K-State winning? I mean, you can make a case you can for make five a case. of them. Yes. Yep. And they're among them. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if the depth is there, but the de- if they have a healthy year, they have a mm-hmm. healthy run Vaughn this year. stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez stays healthy. And, and he doesn't never, have the done turnovers. Right? Well, I th- see, I think he was trying to do too much because he knew he had to. Fair point. Who has a better year, him or Casey Thompson? That's a really good question. I wish they were in the same conference. Uh, Adrian Martinez. See, I say Casey Thompson. What's a better year to you mean? Uh, c- combined wins and stats and kind of mm-hmm. everything all encompassed together. Mm-hmm. Nebraska's going 7-5. and five. That's good enough. K-State's going... Seven and five. I'd say eight and four. Uh, maybe eight seven and five. Yeah, okay. I can yeah. make that case. K State, South Dakota. Uh, week two, Missouri. That's mm-hmm. their. Uh, that's their. Um, and then they open at Oklahoma. They finish. What's November like? Texas at Baylor at West Virginia, Kansas. Got to come here, take on the clones. Boy, that's a big game, huh? Yeah, October it is. the eighth. That's a big game. Uh, we've got some big games that Trent's going to opine on next. Circus Sports. It's play of the daytime with Trent Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. For details. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, final couple of minutes. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. I just saw the new afternoon show in the building, Trent Condon. Whoa! They are going to join us tomorrow morning at 10.10. Start the show. All right, I like that. Indeed. Look forward to uh, them coming in. Again, they're in the building, putting their heads together, maybe making some plans for, I think, next week, right? I believe it is. Anyways, uh, so they'll join us tomorrow at 10 minutes after 10 o'clock. Want to meet the new afternoon drive team? Um, join us tomorrow morning at 10.10. Anyways. That's a heck of a tease. It's a pretty good one. Yes. I was excited to meet them. Yes. Uh, they're excited. Um, mm-hmm. I think they'll do very well. They will. Anyways, I want you to do very well. Uh, we need Let's to. Let's make some money. Can we? We can. We're going to start in the NFL. We got one play tonight. It'll oh. be on Amazon Prime. Are you tuning in tonight? You no, know, because you haven't come to my house to set it up yet. You got it in your well, upstairs, right? In the is that where you said the yeah, city has it hooked up? Oh, that's right. No, it's in, well. If I can get it on one TV, I can get it on yes, all. Right? Yeah, get that sign in. You get know what? Set I up. need to do that. Okay. Try it. Try it tonight. I'll this try on my own. Be, if I can't make it, you got to yes. come to Ankeny. This is your trial run tonight. It is San Francisco at Houston. Forty-one is the total. These teams are not getting there. Last preseason game, no shot. Give me the under of 41. Take the free square again. What's the under in the game at Arrowhead? 
36 and a half, I think it was, 37 and a half. That does seem like free money, that first one. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it. Watch the score be (laughs) 32-28. Well, we did get that free money yesterday with that parlay that I put together, remember? We had a satisfied customer. Mm -hmm. Somebody said they made a little money on that to our Twitter account. So uh, you're welcome on that one. We're going to lay the one and a half with the Astros here. You get plus 110 against the Twins. They'll polish off the Twins and uh, get the sweep in that one. The Twins now 62-60 and on the year. Jeez. Am I, is my 78 and a half over under in jeopardy? I think so. God, I, I thought I was home free. I think you might be in a little bit of trouble there. Speaking of the other side of that division, Cleveland just keeps winning. I'm going to take him again today. McKenzie, the skinniest guy in the world. He's going to be out there on the mound. He weighs about a buck 40 and he's yep. six foot four. I'm going to take McKenzie though. Minus 110 in that one. So uh, that is my final baseball play right now. Cleveland minus 110. Astros minus one and a half. For plus 120 and the under in San Francisco, Houston in the NFL. All right, good stuff. That is going to do it for us today. Uh, we Are we making picks tomorrow? We're not, right? Since not only... official. Okay. Is, we'll ease into it. I yeah. think we should We'll too. make some Football Friday picks, but these will not be official ones that go on the record for the year. Uh, okay. we got to wait till the following week when we can make five picks. That's what we do every week. All right, I'm in. When NFL starts, it's two college, two pro, and our best bet. Week one of college football, though, we'll do five, four regular games and then our best bet before we get into the NFL. Awesome. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. But more local programming, well, it's only an hour and four minutes away. Murph and Andy will be here at one. Then the uh, Fanatics, not sure who's going to be in the chair. Uh, they'll be here at, uh, at three o'clock. We do know the new afternoon show will be right here with Trent and I tomorrow morning at 10.10. Stop by and meet them along with us as we have them on. I'm Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.